Podcasting Tech Coach number six, Feedburner. Welcome to the Podcasting Tech Coach, the podcast that goes into the techie side of running a podcast website and recording studio. Mike Dell will explain the things you need to do to get your podcast up and running and keep it running for the long term. Now, here's your host, Mike Dell. And welcome to the show. I'm Mike Dell, your host. Today we're going to talk about FeedBurner. Whether you should use it, shouldn't use it, what would it be used for, and a little bit of history about it. But, uh, first, I, I want to acknowledge the uh, other network that I'm part of. Of course, we're part of the Tech Podcast Network, but we're also part of the Blueberry Podcast Community. And of course, Blueberry Podcast Community is the is all you know also has you know some services and uh, disclaimer I work for them but uh, let's listen to this little spot I walked through the damp foggy streets my mind swirling so much content so many podcasts how do I find the best then it hit me like a big blue neon sign flashing through the mist blueberry all I had to do was drop the ease and go to blueberry.com Blueberry, the digital media interface for consumers, creators, and advertisers. And uh, hey, I gotta, I gotta apologize for something. Uh, last week, the uh, podcast that I did about free podcasting services, I finally listened to that in the car today, and man, my audio levels were off and and weird, and and uh, it just. It wasn't wasn't up to my uh, usual standards, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and today, I also listened to Ray Ortega's latest uh, podcaster's studio, and he was talking about how he set up his uh, compressor limiter gate versus how I did it. And I decided to go with uh, his method. So uh, let me know what you think of the audio quality this week. Uh, Basically, what I'm doing is instead of using the gate, I'm using the expander. And I've turned off compression uh, in hardware, and I'll uh, do all the post-edit in post-edit. <laughs> Which, yeah, I don't do a lot of post-editing, but anyway, that was uh, that was one thing I wanted to apologize for, is the, the audio quality of last week's show. Uh, the audio levels were all over the place, and... Uh, and I sounded a little muddy, uh, I guess. But oh well, that's that's the way it is with podcasting. You know, some some weeks you're on, and some weeks you're you're kind of off. And uh, I had kind of an off week last week. And of course, I'm a couple of days late on this one due to the holiday and other busyness. But uh, I told you I'd get it out before the end of the week, and uh, so here it is. Before I go into feed burner, there's a little bit of news about it. Uh, I guess it's not new news, but uh, it's a looming deadline coming up here, and I don't know what exactly that's going to mean. But FeedBurner or Google announced a year ago that the FeedBurner API was going to go away, and they gave the date October of 2012. Well, that's next month, and uh, if you know anything about uh, Google lately, uh, with Larry Page as the CEO. He's been uh, cutting things off, uh, you know, of, of Google, you know, trying to concentrate their business on their core business and 
not all these far-flung services. And, you know, like Wave and Buzz and and uh, iGoogle and, uh, you know, Google, for, Google 411. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of services that Google has gotten rid of. And since Google owns FeedBurner, and they're doing away with the API. Now, what does that mean? Who knows? I mean, I don't know anybody that's actually using the FeedBurner API anymore, or I don't even know what you would use it for. But the FeedBurner itself, the service, so far hasn't been affected, but just something to think about. So a little history on FeedBurner. It started in 2004 as a feed management service. And uh, basically what it did uh, was it redirected your feed, you know, your straight XML feed from your blog, because 2004, podcasting really wasn't an issue. Uh, but it added extra tags in there, and uh, also they sold the ability to get subscriber stats. And, you know, they uh, would brand it, you know, for you if you wanted to, which, yeah, anyway... But those were pay-for services. Well, in 2007, Google was uh, out there looking for something like that and uh, bought FeedBurner for $100 million. And, of course, very shortly later, Google made the uh, stats and my brand service free. And uh, basically, hasn't changed it since, you know, they've acquired it other than they, you know, gave the ability to put your... Uh, put your domain name in there. So it could, instead of feeds.feedburner.com slash whatever, it would be feeds.yourdomainname.com slash whatever. And, you know, that's a little better. But then again, if the service goes away, it's still not going to do you any good. I mean, yeah, you can redirect that on your own domain and whatever. And that, you know, it's, that will go into that. But FeedBurner basically takes an RSS feed and burns it. And, you know, what it what burns it means, and that's something they made up, is it adds all those extra little tags to make it compatible with feed readers, other services. It also redirects your feed from an unformatted XML file into a web-friendly page. And, of course, on that page they have subscription buttons for uh, all different feed readers and, and online services, you know, such as Google Reader and and juiced and lemon and you know all the different possible feed readers or at least a bunch of them so if someone went to your web page in a browser or, or typed in your feed address you know your feeds.feedburner.com slash whatever they type that in they would get a web-friendly page rather than the normal unformatted xml that used to come up all the time well now all the major browsers accept ironically, Google Chrome, <laughs> natively do that. So, okay, there's one one more reason you don't need to do that. And even with Chrome, you can download a plugin that allows you to, or what an add-on, I guess they call it, that allows you to, to format uh, XML feeds or RSS feeds nicely in the browser. So it's just not really all that necessary. You know, what about podcasting? What did, what does FeedBurner do for podcasting? Well, back in 2005, when podcasting started, there wasn't an easy way to edit your RSS feed or XML file. So you either had to write your own using a text editor and hope you got everything right, or you would 
rate just a simple feed, which isn't all that hard to do, and let FeedBurner do all the tags for you. This is now known as SmartCast in FeedBurner. It allows you to have a very simple feed that you redirect through FeedBurner, and then FeedBurner formats it for podcasting and for iTunes. The problem is, as I said above, they really haven't done a whole lot of updating to the service. So, you know, the RSS2 spec has changed a little bit. The uh, iTunes podcasting specs definitely changed, and uh, FeedBurner hasn't done anything really about that. So it's it's very, you know, it's outdated. It's not necessary. But, you know, I, I'm going to give you five reasons. Oh. Uh, yeah, I guess five five reasons to not use FeedBurner. Uh, first off, it's a third-party service. Yeah, it's owned by Google, but it can and will sooner or later be shut down, as we can see from the uh, API going away. They are sort of deprecating it now, so just beware of that if you're gonna if you're gonna continue to use FeedBurner. You don't own your feed on FeedBurner. It's owned by FeedBurner and Google. Now, most of the time, Google will allow you to redirect or download any content you might have had on a service when they've shut it down, you know, such as Wave and Buzz and, and all that. You know, If you were a heavy user of Wave or Buzz, they give you a chance to download everything before they shut it down. They let you know a whole lot of time. But when they do shut down FeedBurner, and it's when, not if, they shut down FeedBurner, they'll likely do the same thing. There is a redirect option now. Uh, Daniel Lewis over at Audacity to Podcast uh, tried that, and he said that the redirect was a little flaky and went away fairly quick. Uh, so far, it's working on a couple of feeds that I had from way back when. and I just did that last week, so I'll let you know if I have any trouble on that. But, you know, if, you're, if your feed burner feed is what you, subs- you know submitted to iTunes, and you have a lot of subscribers on iTunes. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, iTunes is not the only place people get podcasts, but it's still a pretty big chunk. But if you had a bunch of subscribers over there and you are using FeedBurner and FeedBurner decides to go away, well, unless they're nice enough to do a permanent redirect and they don't do a permanent one, it's a temporary one now, unless they do that, you have a, you stand a chance of losing some of your subscribers and you know, that's just not acceptable so that would be another way I, reason i would stay away from feedburner also branding you want all your urls to be of your brand i mean you paid for your domain name you might as well use it instead of feeds.feedburner.com slash my podcast you could have my podcast.com slash feed slash podcast yeah you know <laughs> it's not quite as elegant as the feedburner one but it's got your domain name in it and you can set up whatever you want. You could. Uh, there's another plugin out there called Static, uh, Static Feed or Static XML that you can take your podcast feed and then make a static file. So you could have mypodcast.com/slash/podcast.xml, you know, or whatever you wanted to call it. So and it's much better because it's on your domain, so nobody can take that away from you. I mean, somebody could take the domain away if they sued you or whatever, but, you know, as long as you pay your bill at GoDaddy or wherever you get your domains, uh, you know, the domain's yours. Your host goes away, you just move everything to another host. So, back up, back up, back up. 
but for branding, you know, instead of feedburner.com, you want, you know, your domain.com. The fourth reason I've got listed here is Feedburner basically hasn't updated anything in the last four years, maybe longer, as I talked about before. It doesn't take into account any of the changes in the RSS2 specs, and more importantly for podcasters, iTunes has changed their podcast specs, and Feedburner hasn't done anything about it. And five, the stats, and that's a lot of people say, well, I really want the stats. Well, the stats are little or no use. All they do is track hits on your RSS feed. So one week they might show 1,000 subscribers, and the next week 200 subscribers. And the week after that, 500 subscribers. And the week after that, you know, and it goes on and on, and it varies that wildly. Well, trust me, those numbers aren't even close. What you really want to track is downloads of your podcast files. That really tells the reach anyway, because, say, you're using FeedBurner stats, and you can use FeedBurner stats along with other stat services, so, you know, don't. Don't get me wrong, it's not an either-or proposition, but like I said, the FeedBurner stats are of little use. But if you track your downloads, well, say someone comes to your website and downloads your file directly or hits the play button on your player. Well, that doesn't even hit your RSS feed, so FeedBurner's going to miss that. So, you know, the best stats to use are, you know, there's three of them that I recommend. One I recommend highly, of course, is Blueberry. One that I also recommend is Libsyn, and as a third option, if you're not using either Blueberry or Libsyn, is uh, PodTrack. And PodTrack, you know, who knows how accurate those are, but they're certainly better than than the uh, subscriber stats that you get from FeedBurner. Now, is there any reasons to use FeedBurner? There's only one I can think of, as we discussed last week, if you absolutely positively have to use a free or cheap podcasting service, such as TalkShoe and, and, you know, any of those, FeedBlitz, I don't know, FeedBlitz is kind of a feed burner thing, we we won't talk about them. (laughs) Well, maybe I will at the end, but anyway, if you're using any of those things we talked about last week, uh, and that's all you can afford, and that's all you can do, well, then... Go to FeedBurner, get a get an account, and you submit your FeedBurner feed to iTunes. Don't let them submit it. But that is the only thing. Yeah, and of course there is an email subscription service as part of FeedBurner. So you know, and that's you know, I admit it's kind of cool. But you know, there's a whole lot of other services out there. You know, sort of like sort of you know, Mailchimp is free. Uh, you know, okay, yeah, you got to do one extra step. You post your your uh, show notes or blog post in the, you know, into a form and hit send. Okay. That's really the only difference as far as, you know, that goes Uh feed burner, I guess is kind of automatic, but I've never used that service. And to be honest with you, I don't have much of a mailing list. So, uh, Hey, if you want to join the mailing list, go to podcastingtechcoach.com and we'd love to have you. But I think that one's through MailChimp, but uh, haven't had many takers and haven't been pushing it. So anyway, yeah, the thing about FeedBlitz, uh, the one of the principals over there, uh, one of the I don't know if he's the owner, founder, or an employee, and this is what got me started on that news article is that I talked about at the beginning was he you know posted you know FeedBurner's going away. Well, no, it's not yet. I mean, it might, it more than likely will at some point, but 
he's just trying to push people to come over to Feed Blitz. So I don't trust that either. And Feed Blitz is just as bad, if not worse, than Feed Burner because, you know, now you've got an unknown entity, or at least unknown to most of us, that owns your feed instead of Google. At least we know Google. So I don't know. I guess the evil you know is better than the evil you don't know. But anyway, so to be honest with you, I wouldn't trust Feed Blitz. I haven't investigated anything, so I may be completely wrong. And if somebody has any other information they'd like to impart, uh, feel free to contact me. Uh, Of course, there's contact info at the show notes and uh, over at podcastingtechcoach.com slash six. Or, uh, of course, uh, Greg will read that in the uh, outro at the end of this podcast episode. And all the rest of them, as a matter of fact. But yeah, get a hold of me if you uh, you know, know anything about feed blitz and uh, you have anything to say one way or the other about it. So, okay, that brings us to the question of the week. And this isn't really directly related to what we were talking about in the podcast, or what I'm talking about. But uh, it's a question I get quite a bit, so I'm going to go ahead and cover it here. The question is, I'm using Blueberry PowerPress on my WordPress blog for podcasting. But my blog's name is not the same as my podcast show name. But my podcast feed does have the same name. In other words, when someone subscribes to his feed, it comes up as the title of the blog, not what he wants to call the show. Anyway, he says, uh, how do I change the name of my podcast feed without changing my blog's title? So he wants to, you know, let's say in my case, I have Mike Dell's world as a blog title, but I want my podcast to be called, uh, you know, Mike Dell's audio blog. Well, here's how you do it. In Blueberry PowerPress, all you need to do is enable the podcast channels. And if you listen to my uh, episode a couple times ago about setting up PowerPress, I went through the same sort of thing, but we're going to do it again. That's at the bottom of the PowerPress settings page in the dashboard. There's a little checkbox that says podcast channels and category podcasting. We'll click the text or click the box next to podcast channels. Then you'll notice that under PowerPress in the sidebar, there's a sidebar, there's a new item, wait for it, called podcast channels. <laughs> kind of obvious, huh? Hey, you'd be surprised. Anyway, you click on podcast channels below where it says PowerPress in the sidebar, and you'll see the uh, default feed listed there. You just kind of hover over that, click edit, and you'll notice it has all the same tabs that the uh, main settings have in PowerPress, or most of them. There's a feed tab. You click on the feed tab, and you've got a couple of new uh, spots there, one for the feed title and one for the feed description. You just fill in the name of your podcast and how you want to describe it. And hit Save Settings, and from then on out, your uh, blog title can be one thing, and your podcast feed and podcast title can be a completely different thing. And it works pretty well. So hey, with that, I'm going to call this a podcast. Uh, it's a little short, but uh, I just needed to cover FeedBurner. It, it comes up a lot. And, of course, with the the fear-mongering from the FeedBlitz guys, uh, <laughs> it just brought it to mind that, yeah, eventually FeedBurner's going away. 
may not happen tomorrow, might not happen next month when the API goes away, but eventually you will hear and or see the announcement that FeedBurner is being turned off at some point. And so uh, it isn't even a matter of Google going out of business. It's just Google not wanting to uh, do that anymore, which makes sense. It's not uh, part of their core thing. In fact, it was kind of funny. The, uh, the API that they had, they changed the name of it before they decided to kill it. And it was called AdSense for Feeds. So they were trying to figure out how to put ads in feeds. And I guess they succeeded, but well, who sees the feed? <laughs> Anyway, enough of that. We'll uh, catch you uh, next week. Let me, uh, while I'm thinking about it, tell you what we're going to talk about next week. And there it is. There's the outline that I had set up, and it's taking a really long time to load. All right, so uh, feed burner next week. I'm going to go through the history of podcasting. Uh, you know, of course, you probably all read the uh, Wikipedia entry. But uh, like I've said in the past, I kind of lived it. So, uh, you know, I'll tell you the history from, from my perspective. Actually, maybe even go into uh, my complete history of in the podcasting world. So anyway, catch me later. Thanks for listening to the Podcasting Tech Coach. If you have a question for Mike to answer on the show, drop an email to Mike at MikeDell.com or call in a voicemail to our feedback line at 702-757-1104.